Good morning, my friends, and welcome to this Memorial Day weekend installment of Weekend Update. From high above, all other puerile and insipid forms of Wyoming mainstream media, this is Cowboy State Politics. I, of course, am your illustrious host, David Iverson, firmly ensconced behind the silver Cowboy State Politics microphone and broadcasting to you from the base of the Bighorns in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming. Good morning, my friends, and welcome to the program. Memorial Day is about history, our history, our family history, history of our community and our state and our country. For the vast majority of us, we spend Memorial Day weekend camping or at the lake fishing or just at a big general party. There's nothing wrong with that, so long as we all understand why it is that we have Monday off. It is to remember those who Abraham Lincoln described as giving their last full measure of devotion in defense of our country and our liberty. To date, there have been 1,304,702 soldiers killed in defense of that liberty. No doubt, all of us know, or at least know of, one person who has died defending our freedoms. And that is really what it all boils down to. A war a war that the United States is involved in, is nothing more than a defense of our liberty. Now, I know that politicians have got us into a lot of conflicts for reasons that don't exactly pan out. And certainly, we should examine those and debate them and perhaps vote the people out of office that got us into them. But what cannot be debated is the people that are asked to defend this country for whatever reason. At some point, the reasons why we send our loved ones to a far-off land fade away, and the only thing that matters is that they gave their life in defense of this country. And it's incumbent upon us to remember that they did so willingly. In America, we don't have compulsory military service. Now, I know that we did have a draft during the Vietnam War, but since then... We have an instituted one, and so everyone who has gone to Afghanistan or some other country that probably none of us will know of, those people did that of their own accord. Those who gave their lives for this country, as of April 10th, 2023, in order of the highest casualties, here they are. In the American Civil War, there were 620,000 soldiers killed. In World War II, there was 405,399, during which time... Harold Iverson served. World War I was 116,516. During Vietnam, it was 58,209. The Korean War, of which my grandfather fought in, 36,516 dead. During the American Revolutionary War, there were 25,000 casualties. In the War of 1812, there were 20,000 casualties. In the Mexican-American War, 13,283 Americans gave their lives. During the War on Terror, which covers 2001 to the present day, 7,075. In the Spanish-American War, there were 2,446. And in the Gulf War, 258 U.S. casualties. If you haven't already, just take a minute and think about those 1,304,702 Americans that have died in defense of your freedoms. And think about the people you know that served in the military, went to some far-off place, and then came home forever changed. Think about the sacrifice that they gave and what they still sacrifice to this day.
According to the Association of the United States Army, TAPS was written by General Daniel Adams Butterfield and a bugler named Oliver Wilcox Norton. General Daniel Adams Butterfield was born in Utica, New York, and graduated from Union College. He was the Eastern Superintendent of the American Express Company in New York when the Civil War broke out. Despite his lack of military experience, he rose quickly in rank. A colonel in the 12th Regiment of the New York State Militia, he was promoted to Brigadier General and given command of a Brigade of V Corps of the Army of the Potomac. The 12th served in the Shenandoah Valley during the Bull Run Campaign. During the Peninsular Campaign, Butterfield served prominently when, during the Battle of Gaines Mill, despite an injury, he seized the colors of the 3rd Pennsylvania and rallied the regiment at a critical time in battle. Years later, he was awarded the Medal of Honor for that act of heroism. As the story goes, General Butterfield was not pleased with the call for lights out, feeling that the call was too formal to signal the day's end. With the help of a brigade bugler, Oliver Wilcox Norton, Butterfield wrote taps to honor his men while in camp at Harrison's Landing, Virginia, following the Seven Days Battle. These battles took place during the Peninsular Campaign of 1862, the call, sounded that night in July of 1862, soon spread to other units of the Union Army and was even used by the Confederates. Taps was made the official bugle call after the war. Now, in the interests of historical accuracy, it should be noted that it is not General Butterfield who composed Taps, rather that he revised an earlier call into the present-day bugle call we know as Taps. This is not meant to take credit away from him, it is only to put things in the correct historic manner. Following the Peninsular Campaign, Butterfield served at Second Bull Run, Antietam, and at Mary's Heights in the Battle of Fredericksburg. Through political connections and his ability for administration, he became a major general and served as Chief of Staff of the Union Army of the Potomac under Generals Joseph Hooker and George Meade. He was wounded at Gettysburg and then reassigned to the Western Theater. By war's end, he was breveted a brigadier general and stayed in the Army after the Civil War, serving as superintendent of the Army's recruiting service in New York City and colonel of the 5th Infantry. In 1870, after resigning from the military, Butterfield went back to work with the American Express Company. He was in charge of a, a number of special public ceremonies, including General William Tecumseh Sherman's funeral in 1889. 
Besides his association with TAPS, Butterfield was also designated the System of Corps Badges, which were distinctive shapes of color sewn onto the uniforms to distinguish units. Butterfield died in 1901. His tomb is the most ornate in the cemetery at West Point, despite the fact that he never attended. There is also a monument to Butterfield in New York City, near Grant's tomb. There is nothing on either monument that mentions Taps or Butterfield's association with the call. Taps was sounded at his funeral. Still quoting from the website, How did it become associated with funerals? The earliest official reference to the mandatory use of taps at a military funeral ceremony is found in the United States Army Infantry Drill Regulations for 1891, although it had doubtless been used unofficially for a long time. The first use of taps was at a military funeral during the Peninsular Campaign in Virginia. Captain John C. Tidball of Battery A, 2nd Artillery, ordered it played for the burial of a cannoneer killed in action. Since the enemy was close, he worried that the tr traditional three volleys would renew fighting. During the Peninsular Campaign in 1862, a soldier of Tidball's battery, A of the 2nd Artillery, was buried at a time when the battery occupied an advanced position, concealed in the woods. It was unsafe to fire the customary three volleys over the grave on account of the proximity of the enemy, and it occurred to Captain Tidball that the sounding of taps would be the most ceremony that would be substituted. There's other stories of how taps originated, but this one seems to be the most probable. However, does it really matter who wrote it, or where it started, or who played the first note? No. What matters is every time we hear it, it reminds us of the people who gave their lives for our freedom. For Americans, taps is almost instinctive. We know it from the very first note. Even the people that would burn a flag in the street that remind us each and every day of all of the evils that have occurred in our country, know what TAPS is when it's played. Even the people that would burn a flag in the street or scream at the top of their lungs of how terrible a country America is, ironically know that the very reason they can say those things is because there are men and women who have fought and died for this country, and every single time they hear that music played, they're reminded of it. One of my favorite speeches was delivered by Abraham Lincoln on November 19th of 1863 at the dedication of the Soldiers National Cemetery, what is now called Gettysburg National Cemetery in Gettysburg, Virginia. On that site, from July 1st to July 3rd of 1863, an estimated 50,000 U.S. soldiers were killed. Of course, that's both Union and Confederate soldiers. Only four short months after the battle, Abraham Lincoln said, Four score and seven years ago, our fathers brought forth on this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now we are engaged in a great civil war, testing whether that nation or any nation so conceived and so dedicated can long endure. We are met on the great battlefield of that war. We have come to dedicate a portion of that field as a final resting place for those here who gave their lives that the nation might live. It is altogether fitting and proper that we should do this. But in a larger sense, we cannot dedicate, we cannot consecrate, we cannot hallow this ground. The brave men living and died who struggled here have consecrated it far above our poor power to add or detract. The world will little note nor long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. 
It is for us, the living, rather, to be dedicated here to the unfinished work which they who fought here have thus far so nobly advanced. It is rather for us to be here dedicated to the great task remaining before us, that from these honored dead we take increased devotion to that cause for which they have gave the last full measure of devotion, that we here highly resolve that these dead shall not have died in vain, that this nation, under God, shall have a new birth of freedom, and that government of the people, by the people, and for the people shall not perish from this earth. Think about what he said. It is for us the living, rather, to take increased devotion to the great task remaining before us. The great task of which Lincoln spoke is liberty, the right to live your life as you choose, free from the encumbrances of government, the right not to be dictated to, the right to not have government looking over your shoulder and listening to your phone calls and reading your emails, the opportunity to create a great life for you and your family, the right to live where and how you choose, the right to think what you want to, not what other people tell you, the right to personal property, justice, something that seems to be lacking in our country right now, economic freedom, the right to make your money how you want and to spend it how you see fit, not how the government tells you to spend it. We could make a list that goes on and on, and the reason that we can is for the sacrifice of every single person who's given their lives for this country. So today, the Saturday before Memorial Day, I challenge you to do three things. The first is to put away politics for just one day. Trust me, you'll be okay if you just leave it alone for one day and spend time with your family and friends. The second is to shake the hand of a veteran. Walk up to somebody in the grocery store or someone you see on the street, shake their hand, and say thank you. Thank them for your freedom. And the third thing that I would challenge you to do this Memorial Day weekend is to sit down and think about what your contribution to the great task that lies before us is. What have you done to advance liberty, to advance the American cause? Though we are not all veterans, and we're not all police officers, nor are all of us politicians, thank God, there is something that we can all do to advance the cause of liberty. Maybe you're a teacher, and you can show your class Thomas Jefferson's first draught of the Declaration of Independence. Perhaps you're a librarian, and you could suggest that somebody read the Federalist Papers. It doesn't really matter what it is. There's something that we can all do. But I challenge you to sit down and think about what your contribution to this amazing country is. Think about how you can advance the cause of liberty, the cause that 1.3 million people gave their lives to foster and nurture. So enjoy your Memorial Day weekend. I'm certainly going to. I'm going to the mountains. Oh, and I should probably tell you, as I'm going to be at the most amazing place on the globe, Cowboy State Politics will not be broadcast on Memorial Day. I'm finally going to take a full day off. But I'll be back on Wednesday, where I'll have an interview with Wyoming State GOP Chairman Frank Ethorn, Vice Chairman David Holland, and State Secretary Donna Rice. So from the base of the Bighorns, in beautiful Buffalo, Wyoming, have a good Memorial Day.